When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Blakey's Boot Room, the number one Cardiff City podcast. Brought to you by Wales Online. Right, hello, welcome to Blakey's Boot Room, the Cardiff City podcast by Wales Online in association with Giovanni's Restaurants. Uh, I'm Ben James, I'm back. They, they let me back on the podcast. Uh, I'm here with uh, Paul Vandenato and, of course, Nathan Blake. How are we doing? How are we doing? Afternoon, I'm good, thanks Ben. Yeah, good, you? Good. I'm not too bad. Yeah, yeah. good, good, good. Paul, good, good to be here. Yeah, good. absolutely, always good, always a pleasure, never a chore. Also joined by uh, Joe Davis, who's on Worksbridge with us. Hey, Hello, Joe. Yeah, good, thanks. Thanks for having me on, Ben. No worries. <laughs> You're making it sound like it's, it's my decision. <laughs> uh, I'm simply here just to talk, sort of ask the questions. It's these two who are the stars. So let's. Um, there's one star, that's Blakely. <laughs> and there's one superstar, that's Paul. <laughs> Okay, enough that's, of the mail. That's, that's, all, that's, all, that's all. That's all. That's all. The nice <laughs> out of the way. Let's get on the yeah. football. Um, so yeah, let's let's start on uh, with the weekend. Liverpool. I suppose it went the way we, we assumed it was going to go. But what were your thoughts on that one? Um, thought they done well first half. Um, but they just they just you know they're looking to win the Premier League. They they're just a top quality side. No matter how you look at it, you can. It's not wishful thinking because the beauty of football is anything can happen at any time and any team can beat any other team on any given Saturday or Sunday. But um, if you're looking at form and um, the quality of, of play, then you're going to be hard pushed to beat Liverpool at the moment. So no surprises, you know, uh, disappointing Morrison couldn't get his shot off. I thought Junior... Um, in the first half, instead of heading one, uh, uh, chesting one, I thought he should have just tried to just guide it full back across the keeper. Um, but hey, look, they're just they're, they're chances they weren't taken, and uh, you're up against potential Premier League winners. If not this season, then I would have said in the next two or three. So you know, it is what it is. But um, the important games are, are to come. The two important games are to come for me. What about you, what about you Paul? Um, similar, similar to Blakey. I thought, I mean, the only way Cardiff were going to do this was to keep it tight for 60 minutes and then probably play it in pockets of 10 minutes with the crowd willing them on. We anticipated an incredible atmosphere. It was exactly that fantastic occasion at CCS. Um, and to concede when they did in the manner that they did will really disappoint the Warnock and the players, yeah. I'd say, you know, from a set piece of all things. Um, I actually, unlike Cardiff fans, I don't blame Sean Morrison for missing that header. I know it was a guilt as chance. He was two yards out and just misjudged it. But we all miss from there, Paul. Take from a striker. I, I'm more concerned. I miss my feet from there. <laughs> okay. I'm more concerned at, at um, his role in the two goals because for the first one, I thought he gave a needless corner away mm. trying to clear the ball. 
it could easily have just been whacked out. If he was going to whack it, it should have just been whacked out for a throw in. I think he'll, he'll accept that. Went for a corner. Yeah, Cardiff should have defended the corner better, but they scored from there. And then for the second goal, there were he had two chances to clear it, and of course that you know there was a bit of a mix up. And he just he just got his problem was he couldn't see the ball, so you are fouling even though it was yeah. But I mean prior to that, he, mm. he, there was a simple clearance and he just yeah. miscontrolled it, mm. and then. Pelcher tried to get him out of trouble and he tried to clear it again and it rebounded off Salah. And then, if I'm brutally honest, when I first watched it, I thought that was a real theatrical dive from Salah. But as I watched it back on, we've got TV screens with us in the press box and I was having Cardiff fans asking me, was that a penalty, was that a penalty? And it was sort of like a 50-50 one for me at the time. But then, when I watched it back, I can totally see why the ref gave that penalty. You know, yeah, because Morris... Yeah, Sean had a hold of him for too long. Now yeah, the, he should have let go. Now, the counter-argument is that, well, how many times have opposition teams got their arms all over Morrison in, in the opposition penalty box from set pieces? But I don't really think that's an argument. You can only each deal with each incident yeah, in an isolated case. Yeah, absolutely. And I repeat... It was incredibly theatrical from Salah, but I can totally see why the ref gave the penalty. And once that had gone in, it was game over. There was no chance of coming back from that point against Liverpool. Yeah, I agree with that. Always a beautiful thing, mind. Probably one of my most exciting moments this season was Mendes Lang absolutely leaving. What's his name? Trent Alexander for dead with the ball at his feet and Trent. First of all, Trent thought, he'd done me in about five minutes before with pace. And then Trent thought, oh, I'll really, I'll show him now. And he just, the one where he flipped it up over it, and then he just, he was gone. And as they were, as they were travelling, the gap was getting bigger between them, not not, not closing. He's, he's no slouch, Alexander-Arnold. No, he's, he's not. He's quick. He's not, he's quick. But <laughs> Mendes just left him in his chair. I was, I was up out of my seat. I was bouncing with that. If there's that. a negative to that, and you're right, that mm. really, the fans needed something else to lift him yeah. up, and that did. He looked gone after that play. It's he almost, was gone, like because he, he'd done two runs almost back-to-back. Back. Yeah. The problem is, and this is... Okay, so you make a great point, Paul. The problem is, this is why I say possession of the football is key. Yeah. Or very important. Because if you watched him, I watched him after that, right? He just He's run back down the left, yeah. right? To try and recover and get back into position. Yeah. Then he's running forward, then he's running back, and because your team don't have possession of the ball, and a team like Liverpool moves the ball so quickly and they switch play so quickly, yeah. you're not able to get your second wind. And he wasn't able to get his second wind. And, the, 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 and that's why I say, at points when then you have the ball, it's when you go, I tell you what, we'll try and mount an attack. And if it don't work, I tell you what, we'll just go back to the keeper. And the keeper can go out the right back and right back and go across the centre half and Liverpool drop off a bit and we'll just... And give you chance to get a breather. Like watching the Brighton game last night, which, you know... So disappointed for them, <laughs> <laughs> which I was. I was disappointed for them, but watching them dig in like they did tremendously well. But you, 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 you knew they were going to score. You knew Tottenham were going to score. There's no way a team like Tottenham were going to go 90 minutes without putting a couple on target or at least one quality strike on target. And there's just no and 
they just, in the end, they're out of legs. Now, the problem is for them is going into the next game, they're going to be out of energy levels, I would say, anyway, unless they can recover, you know, remarkably well. But, you know, that was that was uh, Mendes' problem. He never gets an opportunity then to just stand on the left, walk around a bit and recover. And he was gone. He, you're right, he was gone. And, mm. you know, it's because he put the afterburners on twice in about yeah. five minutes for me. But, yeah. great. Touched a bit on it there, sort of a Brighton result. Obviously, Cardiff played uh, once in the last week Brighton have played twice mm. which changes the picture of the relegation battle slightly obviously they got a point against Wolves on Saturday but then lost uh, late on against uh, Tottenham last night which I think we all enjoyed mm. never see like never never like seeing people lose but you know it was just one of those things uh, yesterday um, but it's, it's clear that Chris Hewitt has decided we're just going to well, they can't score. Exactly, it's 11, it's 11 men behind the ball. So you may as well. well if how it, are you going to score if you put 11 men behind the ball, Blake? At least give it a go. No, they can't score. Well, they know they can't score. They're struggling to score goals. That's the other thing is they, they've, got, they've got a minute. They've got the points advantage over Cardiff. So mm. it's, it's, it's a case of just trying to eke out points for them now to get them over the line. Isn't Absolutely, it? yeah. I think the last point, their last goal was against like Millwall somewhere yeah. and the Cup. Yeah. It's like ages ago. Yeah. So if they know they only need maybe two two points three points and you're not scoring goals why would you go all out attack it's like no play to your strength you've got two brilliant centre halves who are meatheads who can eat and drink everything that comes their way as they showed last night you've got good full backs and then you've got strength in numbers ahead of you if you put you know four across the midfield and drop your striker back or five across uh, four across midfield and drop your striker back and make five so you know I <sighs> I think they had what two half chances in the first half, nothing in the second half. You know, it was it was just it was like watching a training game, attack free defence yeah. when we used to play attack free yeah. defence. But you know, it wasn't usually you didn't do do that in a lem v lem formation. But watching them do it last night, it was like well, what they're showing their capability is we we can almost guarantee a point outside of those top six teams, and that is. That's that's something unique to have in your pocket. You've got to have, like we say, Plan B, a fallback situation. We're not scoring goals. We need points. We're not going to win games because we go in the game nil nil. You get a point just at the start, and we're not going to score goals. So the chance of us winning one or two is unrealistic, really. So tell you what, what we're good at as well. We're very good at defending. So let's defend. If it, if, it, if it was me and I was in that dressing room, um, I would be saying, let's just defend, last two or three games, get over the line, and then we can reset for next season. Listen, but we're not in that dressing room, but mm. from reading the reports from the outside, it is that very attitude that's caused the dressing room angst that we were talking about the other week, that mm. the players felt that Chris Hutton wasn't being aggressive enough in his tactics, he was being too negative, too defensive, and that's what apparently caused the mindset issues that saw them lose 5-0 at home to Bournemouth when the talk emerged in the in the papers about problems um, and then obviously the 2-0 loss to Cardiff um, I then I watched them I watched the game against Wolves they barely it was attacking its defence in that second half as well mm. as it was almost the entirety of the Tottenham game certainly the second half of the Tottenham game mm. um, 
they become a very dull team. Yeah, they, but you know. that's what happens when confidence goes poor. We've seen it. Look, we're at the team that we support a team that with no confidence two years ago we're heading to League One. We've seen it. We witnessed it. Let's not forget. You know, we were a team without pace, without sort of confidence. No striker that you could look at and think, "Oh, yeah, he's going to get us twenty goals a season." Nothing. So you know, in this period we're in right now. It's been successful in getting back to the Premier League and win, uh, getting up from the Championship, but still the, the next step. What, what is our next step? What, what, where are we? Where are we going after Warnock? What do we do? Warnock leaves. We return back to where we were, or are we are we going to build, or are we planning on building, or do you understand what I mean? So, confidence for a player is like, mate, it's like a pen to a to a reporter. It's, it's your bread and butter. If, if you've got no confidence, it doesn't matter how top player you are. You know, you see some top, top players lose confidence and you think, hmm? well, how many times have we all seen players in the Premier League thinking he is rank? And then a year later, you see him in like Champions League playing for Valencia and you think, huh? Look at him. And he's got like 14 goals or he's like completed 80%, 90% of his passing in midfield. It's just the way it goes sometimes. Confidence, mate. So managers say if you could bottle it, they'd all be rich. Well, I mean, it's it's a Cardiff v Brighton relegation battle. You know, I mean, Southampton are technically still in the mix, but they've got Huddersfield to come at home still. I think they've got a game in hand as well, so Southampton will be fine. Um, I put something out on Twitter after the game last night, which lots of Cardiff fans like but I got, was I got a stick from elsewhere but I stand by it it was okay because I don't do it, social it, media it so was come on Paul stand by stand by it was that I, I Brighton have become an incredibly negative team to watch for the reasons you outlined for whatever reason yeah mm. and I really do think that the Premier League will be more enriched by Cardiff City being part of it next season and I say that because at least Cardiff do give it a go their fans have been brilliant all season as a Brighton can I I just stop you there because like we're all biased right towards our own who we love right but let's not get twisted we've not had more than 25 to 30% possession any game this season no but in recent times Cardiff are giving it a go in this this, this relegation fight they're doing doing what they've done last season I would would agree with you that we'd we'd be better off than Brighton in the Premier League but my point going back to the last issue on Paul it's it's not you don't Cardiff fans don't turn up and enjoy the football they're watching it's just, can we stay up against I, all odds? I also think that things like we had on Saturday, mm. that Cardiff City Stadium, a Sunday, that Cardiff City Stadium experience enriches the Premier League. I think the Wales England thing enriches right, the great enriches great the Premier League. Just I think I, I think yeah. Warnock's charisma enriches the Premier League. I think there's a whole number of reasons why Cardiff being in the Premier League would, in my opinion, give give the best league in the world something a little bit different next okay. season as well whether it happens of course is another matter entirely both sets of fans are great yeah, Brighton fans, Brighton are, fans are great as well Cardiff fans yeah. are good good, right both both great set of fans both got fairly new stadium yep. very good if I said to you or who would you take Neil Warnock or Chris Hutton? 
50-50. Right. 50-50. So there's, there's, to me, there's not a lot between the two teams. Well, and Wales, England, difference. Wales, England. Yeah, Wales, England. Well, in it's us. You can't say that. <laughs> you can't say that. Well, Brighton is in Wales. But my point is, my thing is, Paul, I'm not just about oh, staying up, staying up, staying up. I want to see my club competing in the in the in the Premier League and becoming a, a mainstay yeah so it's, it's 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 the progression it's the next step it's you know what what are we going to be where are we going what's the plan and I keep I've been talking about this recently for the last couple of months or weeks because we're coming to the end of the season now and Neil is kind of deciding that you know I'll say the right right stuff to the fans and you know love being here love the club best ever club I mean he said that at plenty of clubs you know he's a Sheffield United fan so I wouldn't have thought there's nothing bigger than Sheffield United for him but let's take him at his word and say he loves this club more than any I think he's earned the right to be able to say I'm going to step down right but it doesn't mean to say that the club the board Ken Chu the owner Vincent Tan don't plan if the plan is we keep Neil another year, then plan underneath that for this time next season. If the plan is Neil goes at the end of this season, then I hope they've last three months at least have been planning for his succession. Because what gets me, what, what it always feels to me like it's, it's never thought about. It's just right here and now. We're struggling, we're gonna grab this manager, right? We're struggling, we're going to grab that manager. It was kind of like where we were going. We're struggling, we're going to grab that manager. Didn't work, didn't work. And then Neil Warnock became available. And it was like, because what he done at Rotherham, it was the obvious. So we grabbed that manager. And then, lo and behold, season later, you get promoted in your Premier League. But that's not planning. Do you understand me? Bournemouth ain't where they are because they just guess and pick and they got lucky. You have to plan this whole... It's, you know... If, if you're playing in the best league in the world, you can't get away with just turning up. It's like a team, like Cardiff every week, just turning up, not seeing the manager from one week to the next, turning up, going out and playing football. They'd be all over the place. Just how I mean. So yes. my thing is, my thing is, is the next step. Where are we going? I just want the best. That's, you know, is it too much to ask? We've got money. There's the owner's got money. You've got a new stadium. I still think they need to invest some of their money from the Premier League into uh, their own training facility, a proper top training facility. Once that's in place, Will's your oyster, mate. There's obviously a much shorter step than that, and that's the next three games, obviously. Um, And the truth is, what happens at that stage, whether Cardiff have stayed up or gone down, I really do not know. I don't know if Warnock will stay. I don't know if it will go. I don't think it'll make any. I don't think the fact that Cardiff might be relegated would make the decision more likely one way or the other. I think if anything, if Cardiff were in the Championship, he might well be more inclined to stay. Yeah, I probably you know? agree with you. So mate, yeah. I, you know, it's hard. The truth is, I don't. I don't think anyone has gone beyond that for good or for bad at, at this moment in time. Um, I think it's wait and see where Cardiff are and take it from there at that point but just throw all the energies and all the 
in inverted commas planning into these next three games for the time being. Mm. And I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying that. No, wrong. I agree with you. Right, I, I, th- I totally I th- agree I th- with you. I think you. that's where we are now. I'm, I'm talking like generalizing holistically of the club and where it's going and what direction and and what fans would um, like to see and what have you. I mean, if you were to push me on Neil Warnock, I honestly think it's a 50-50 call, whether he stays or goes, whatever division card are for him. I okay. think the Salah situation has affected things. Mm. Would I've you, before and I'll if say, you were on the board, what would you decide? I don't know, Blakey. Mm. I really don't know. Um, I don't know, because if he keeps Cardiff up, that's an extraordinary feat. I haven't, I, I'm like you, I haven't, Particularly, well, while I've thoroughly loved the Premier League season more than last time, mm. I've enjoyed the wins. I haven't particularly enjoyed watching Cardiff totally outclassed by Chelsea, Man City. I'm talking about the Chelsea away game, obviously, mm. Chelsea, Man City, um, Tottenham being what three goals up in a few minutes, you know, that sort of thing. I haven't overly enjoyed those experiences. Mm. Um, the Cardiff are miles away from competing with those teams under the current regime. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Miles away. Yeah. But they've got everything in place to be able to compete with your Watfords, your Brightons, your, you know, okay, not your Everton's, they're probably a bit further forward, but your Southamptons. Do you know what I mean? They've got, they, they've got a stadium, 30, 33,000 they can sell out. Yeah. Jot of a hat. Yeah. You could probably say, if you planned and you've got certain structures in place and you've got your strategy right, you could probably say you could put another 10,000 on our stadium in two years and be a 40,000 sellout crowd. I, I would say Cardiff is like an equivalent to a Newcastle where you could probably get 50,000 every week. Not a problem. That's a big call, that one. No, I, I, I honestly do. I honestly think, Paul, because what, what happens is you stay in the Premier League and that is deemed a success. And what happens is people are attracted to success. So the kid who's a big Man City fan, who's 12, who lives in, I don't know, Convellin, is thinking, right, I can't get to Manchester, but his dad says, you know, Cardiff was my second favourite team. He's like, let's go and get a season ticket there. Mm-hmm. We can watch Premier League football every week. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just the... The, the diehard Cardiff fan, mm. you, you, you've got like thousands of people who are travelling here, there and everywhere to watch games, whom some of them might just say, I tell you what, let's just, let's just, you know, get a season ticket. It's only going to cost me, what, a grand or so, rather than travelling up the motorway every week, blah, 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 blah. So there's, there, there's scope for, because I've always said the catchment area, really, if you go up the M4, Newport, Chepstow, right around, touch Herefordshire, White Valley, Herefordshire, right around, take in most of the valleys from, say, Bridgend upwards, Merthyr, up that way, Tredegar, come all the way down. You've got a huge catchment area, absolutely huge. And then how you market that and how you, you know, how you plan, fans think, hey, this club is going places. Yeah. jump on board with it I honestly think mate I honestly do I honestly think Cardiff could be an equivalent of a Newcastle and then when you get them through the door and they start to see right you stay in the Premier League a season a second a third a fourth all of a sudden they become regulars they're just they're just Cardiff fans yeah 
See, I mean, there was a lot of talk, I mean, it's significant, you should say that right at this stage, there was obviously a lot of talk at the weekend about the massive Liverpool support in Cardiff. And, and it was wonderful. I, I've said this before, semi-tongue-in-cheek, but no more than that, that when Cardiff played Liverpool in that Carling Cup final, there were probably as many people wanting Liverpool to win in Cardiff pubs as there were Look, Cardiff fans, yeah? And I, and I meant that to a degree, although it's an tongue-in-cheek mm. to it, but... Massive, massive, massive Liverpool following in Cardiff, but as there is Man U, but the Liverpool following stems from the eighties in particular, but also to agree the nineties, notwithstanding your particular couple of seasons, Blakey, where mm. Cardiff fans were starved to success, mm. and then the Premier League came into existence and all that sort of thing, and it became so big that you know fans. In the in the in the you know seventies to a degree as well seventies eighties nineties were latching on to um, anyone who's successful yeah, yeah but particularly Liverpool because they were the most successful ones, right yeah but there is a new generation of Cardiff fans now my own children are amongst them right mm-hmm. whose experience of Cardiff City is. Mm. Craig Bellamy and Aaron Ramsey and you know they don't know Joe Joe to my left. Yeah. Yeah. No oh, name from Blake. Twenty one. Twenty one. Joe's mm. an example of that, right? Mm. Joe doesn't know me. Th- the three thousand. <laughs> Who's that old guy? Just coming <laughs> through the door. Yeah. Joe, I'll, Joe, be, I'll be thinking the same thing. I'm going to say it. <laughs> Joe, <laughs> Joe, Joe doesn't know the three thousand fans at Ninian Park for Lincoln mm. City. Or, or the fourth, well, no, the three or the five and a half thousand yeah. travelling to Scunthorpe to watch well, us no, win the, the league. Yeah, those, this is that was an example of of diehard Cardiff fans. Yeah, yeah but there is a new generation that the Premier that Premier League. So this is why it's good for Welsh football if Cardiff stay up because they tap into a massive, massive sort of air, you know population potentially mm. with sustained success, which means people following a Welsh football club. Playing football, as opposed to rugby, potentially mm. things like that. You know, the whole spin-off that Cardiff City being successful in the Premier League could achieve. You know, it, it, whether they're huge. as big as Newcastle, I, w- I would dispute that. I can't. I can't see that. No, possibly. I'm saying they could potentially be yeah. a fifty thousand seat estate. No yeah. problem. I don't. I, I don't. I don't see. It's like it's like saying, well, you know, it, uh, well, there's not that many people around. We we live in a huge catchment area. Yeah. Yeah. Huge catchment area, and don't forget, being if you could say right from Mid Wales down, yeah, right, it's only us and Swansea, yeah. Newport up the road, Newport a League Two, they've got a, a, a fan base of a, con, a constant of about two and a half, three thousand, yeah. No matter what happens, they yeah. get their six and seven thousand if it's a big cup, yeah, team. like top. But that something. aside. You know, there's there's not that, and it never has been in the eighties. I remember yeah, yeah. there was there was never. Well, in the in the in the eighties yeah. when I joined Cardiff, yeah. we were playing in front of two and a half thousand. Yeah. Two decades later, they're playing in front of thirty thousand, with 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 success, but not the kind of success that you could say look at like a Man City or or, or, or Man United or a Liverpool or an Arsenal. Not that type of ex- yeah. Little bits of success. Yeah. Sprinkled here and there, you know, progression through the leagues and what have you. So, I say it, mate. And uh, like Cardiff fans, I always remember one of my favourite moments in football when they came to watch me at, at West Brom, like two or three hundred of them, because the Cardiff game was cancelled. Yeah. And it, they just, they just, it's just. I seen them. At, I tell you what, I seen them at the specials gig on Sunday after the uh, Liverpool game. I got so much love for Cardiff fans. 
Oh my days. It was it was it was just like picture after picture, signing after signing, and they were all like my age and older, men and women, or ninety percent of them. The specials were playing in Cardiff in the university, and uh, mate, they're just they're just superb, mate. I just I just think you know they deserve the best. Then you know, so if I can give you the best, what what I deem as the best, and I've seen playing for other clubs, and I've seen how boards have functioned and how clubs have progressed, you know, all regrets. You look at someone like Blackburn I played for, won the Premier League, and then you know down to League One, back into the Championship. No, they've won the Premier League in the last two decades. But if you plan right, you, you can definitely get it. You, you, they can become a sustainable Premier League team for me with a thirty to 40,000 averaging week in, week out, no problem. But you've got to plan. Yeah, definitely. It's, you know, it is, it's a big catchment area, isn't it? You think, think of mid-Wales, you think... If you, as a kid in Mid Wales, in terms of the catchment area for sort of trials, you've got three clubs: you've got Cardiff, Swansea, and Hereford. Mm-hmm. But you think of who the kids in Mid Wales actually support: it's Man United, Liverpool, Man City, mm. Chelsea. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's because they've not, and because there's not been a lot of success to follow exactly. down there. You know, when I'm in school, and my mate supports Man United because Man United have just won the Champions League, I'll support Man United. Exactly. You know. And that's that's kind of where it goes. That's what you deem as success for Cardiff. Success for Cardiff at this moment in time is staying in the Premier League and then becoming a sustainable quality club in the Premier League. You know, let's we're looking at clubs. Let's look at Watford, where they've been. Man City, where they've been. Now people go, oh, but they got money. We got money. We got we got as much money as many of the clubs in and around us. Do you know what I mean? Twenty years ago, Man City were League One, wasn't it? Twenty years ago, we were in League Three. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that's the truth yeah. of the matter. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but League One or not, they were getting thirty thousand plus crowds at Main Road. They were getting phenomenal gates. Yeah, yeah, but they're only getting forty or fifty now, and they've just won the Premier League but for the, the last of, five the years. Of, the whole of the nineties for Man City was wasn't a shadow disruption. Just, just <laughs> going to the Dolphins, wasn't it? Yeah, it's just yeah. more, you know. But even even now with the brand new stadium and everything, they only they only push like forty five fifty. Do you know what I mean? And that's with a little that's with winning the Premier League, signing players like Silver, Company, De Bruyne, yeah. you know, Sane, money from Qatari owners or wherever, just swashbuckling. They built the area up and everything. They're still only pushing fifty thousand odd, fifty two, I think, fifty four. It's not, it's not huge, is it? I mean, if you look at their their neighbours who are up at the you know seventy five mark, week in week out, whether you're playing Derby County, Watford, Leicester, or Liverpool, you're sold out, and you could probably sell it again. See what? See Sahamam's theory when he was at Cardiff, and and it, you know. He got ridiculed for the as big as Barcelona thing. I'm not sure he ever said that, by the way, right? But um, his his argument was that as the capital city club, if Cardiff kicked on, they would suddenly start attracting exile support. They would suddenly have this massive support from from Welsh folk around the world. Mm. Um, Think of how many. Do you see that as well? Hundred percent. Think of how many. Like for instance, right. I remember 
when we played, uh, I was speaking to Rob Phillips the other day, and he was saying, like, when we played at Fulham, uh, and we've been promoted the season before, I think it was 93 or something like that, we played at Fulham, and yeah. people like Neil Kinnett were there, yeah. right, who were fans. Yeah. Now, when do you ever see superstars in the stadium? Very, very rarely. Now, if you're on the marketing department, or you're Ken Chu, the boys are in the Mannix, they're, they're Cardiff fans. You know, there's, there's, there's like top rugby players who have retired yeah. who are big Cardiff fans. You get those yeah. faces to your games. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? A who's who. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the Royal Box, if you like, you should have five or six superstars in there every week. Mm. You, know, you know, you give them season tickets. You tell them whenever you want to come, you can come. Right? Former players. You never see former players. There's so much that, you know, like, you're missing out on because you don't really know how to market what you've got in but, this area. But, of course, all this becomes irrelevant if Cardiff goes down. No, it? no, it doesn't. No, no, because no, I still think they get 22,000. <laughs> I still think they get 22,000 in, in, in the championship. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've got to think the other. Sorry, Ben. The yeah. other, the other eight, ten thousand people have come from what we're saying. Yeah, they've jumped on that Premier League bandwagon. Yeah. Why do you sell thirty thousand in the Premier League and twenty thousand in the Championship? Yeah. Where those ten thousand fans come from? Just like that, with no real marketing campaign or anything like that. Yeah. They just turn up. Yeah. I did. I did like that attempted segue there from Paul. I think you're trying to get onto the Fulham game, aren't you? There. I think you're trying to. No, not so you know, I thought, It felt like you were trying to move things on to no, the here and now. No, We've got three no, games left. No, not at all. Oh. Although that's where we are. Mm. Yeah, exactly. That's where yeah. we are. But we've got to, we, we, we're coming to the end of the season, but it's important we, we, we reflect and talk about yeah. the future also. You know what I mean? Just because, you know, it's, it's the fan show and they want to know, they want to see, they, they like me, like you, like all of us in here, just want the best for their club. Yeah. Just keep that catchment area safe for Hereford because they need to get back to the football league. Are you a Hereford fan? Yeah. yeah. Never mind, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have it all. Come on, Joe. Come on. So, yeah, uh, let's, let's move on quickly. Um, yeah, Fulham up next. Yeah. It's hard, it's hard to sort of overstate how massive this game is. Of course, Fulham. First points, uh, first win Cardiff got this season, wasn't it? Mm, yeah. Do you want to take it away, Paul? What um, do you think? Well, there's a bit of rivalry between Cardiff and Fulham, if you remember back Car to the 80s. Cardiff got a good record at Craven Cottage, mm. which offers hope. <coughs> I scored twice there. Did you? Okay. Um, I, you don't remember? Well, I was obviously there. The but free not. kick there, and then the right foot driver. Come on, mate. Oh, you missed out on Edda. That was um, it. It was um, 1991, I think. Lovely little trip up there, I must say. Mm -hmm. um, it has to be taken in conjunction with the evening kickoff, the Brighton Newcastle game. So, Cardiff, by winning, Cardiff can really, really put pressure on Brighton for their 5 30 kickoff. Really put pressure on them. If Cardiff lose and Fulham have suddenly hit a, a vein of form, I don't know where the heck that's come from. I tell you where it's come have. from. No, no pressure, Paul. They're down already, um, and they got the quality players. So, do it. so if Cardiff lose, that really gives Brighton something to go for because they know beating Newcastle would pretty much guarantee they stay up. Yeah, yeah. Um, my view was always. 
that Cardiff had to match Fulham's result. Sorry, Cardiff had to match Brighton's result this weekend, and then the following weekend was when they could jump above them when they played Palace at home and Brighton are at Arsenal. But Brighton grabbing that point at Wolves with their superior goal difference has changed that mantra a little bit now. And Cardiff either have to win or draw and hope that Fulham. Sorry, that Brighton okay. lose at home to Newcastle. Or Brighton's last two games. Newcastle. They got Arsenal away. They yeah, got Newcastle this weekend, mm-hmm. then they got Arsenal away. They got Man City. And Man City at home, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, Man City will be looking for the title on that day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really is key for Brighton this weekend, whereas Cardiff have actually got two shots at mm-hmm. I think, because Crystal Palace is a winnable game. Absolutely. At, yeah. at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could all be over this weekend. I take a point this weekend as well. As well. As long as Brighton don't win. I take a point. If Brighton don't win at Newcastle, I take a point. Because psychologically, they know then they got to go to Arsenal, is it? Yeah. And we home to Palace. Palace. Yeah. That's going to dement people. Fans, players, manager alike. It's going to be like, oh my God. If they Imagine if they turn them over. We're going to be in. We're going to be behind. Then we're going to have to go to, oh no. And Man City, that's it. All that those scenario, demons start playing. That scenario would still take it down to the final. They Cardiff would still need a point at Old Trafford because of Brighton superior. If they get a difference. point against Fulham and yeah, and, and three Brighton against uh, Palace, what's the points gap at the moment? Three. Yeah. With for the yeah, you're working on the base of Brighton lose this weekend though. Obviously. Yeah, they don't. They lose. We get a point and oh, then absolutely. we get three I, against I Palace. Would, I, I think would, if we can, I would 100 percent take yeah. that scenario. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we've got. With the two games of Fulham and Palace, I think it's not... We, the beauty is you don't have to... Well, it'd be beautiful if they won both games. Yeah. But I'll stick to my what I've said for a couple of weeks now. If they can get four points from those two games, I think even one point... If they get the win against Fulham, yeah, oh, it's on, mate. It is so on. Yeah. You know, if they get the one point, it still leaves that nagging doubt in the back of... Um, Brighton's mind knowing that hold on they got Palace at home that's a winnable game so Brighton's the evening game Brighton's the yeah, yeah. kicks off that's after the interesting dynamic because obviously yeah. if, Cardiff, if Cardiff win yeah that puts ahead. the pressure on but if Cardiff draw it probably allows Brighton right okay we a draw put, we can put 11 man behind the board yeah. again and play how we want to play yeah. so really yeah. hmm. but you know what I won't be against that scenario either because I do think that Cardiff can beat Palace at home and Brighton will lose at Arsenal. That would bring it down to the final weekend with Cardiff having to outdo Brighton's score. And although this sounds preposterous, I think there's more chance of Cardiff getting something at Old Trafford on the final day than I do Brighton against the title-chasing Man City team, even though they're at home to them. Especially if they lose tonight. Um, So, obviously that'll be known by the time a lot of people listen to this podcast. But irrespective of that, I think, you know... We're rather hoping that Man United are out of it by the final weekend, aren't we? So that yeah, I've got it all worked out. <laughs> yeah, I've got ultimate, it all worked the, out. The ultimate sporting karma, that wouldn't it? If Neil Warnock went to Man United on the final day of the season to stay or, up after or, Sheffield United or, and Carlos Tevez, wouldn't it? Well, Those are funny things working football. Yeah, like that, but really. equally, or the opposite, funny things working football. That Solskjaer scars a person to relegate Cardiff for a second time oh, yeah. in five yeah. years. Mm, you know. Mm. Um, so I don't know if karma is the right word for that one, but you mm. know. So anyway, it's all. You'd rather play United than City, though, wouldn't you? 
at the moment. Yes. Definitely. Oh, yes. So, For yes. real. Yes. 100%. Yes. But I, I, I still I maintain, you know, if they get a point at Fulham, yeah, it wouldn't be as much as a win, but it will start to start those little mind games in, yeah. in the minds of, you know, yeah. Brighton, especially if they don't go. They, they're going to put the eggs in the Newcastle basket. Yeah. Arsenal, it's not the Arsenal of old. I think they're still beatable. Yeah. Arsenal, I wouldn't mind having Arsenal as our last game, home or away, to be honest with you. Really? Prefer them home. They're better at the Emirates. But they're not... It's like United, what we're saying about United. When when could we have ever said that in the last 20 years? Mm. Ah, yeah, going to Old Trafford, last game of the season. I think we can get a point. But we generally think, well, you you could possibly get a point there. Yeah. You know, it's realistic. It's not unrealistic. We got more clean sheets than them anyway. So mm. uh, there you go. Lots of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Brilliant. So then, how do we look into this weekend? How do we go to Crane? How do we line up going to Fulham? Ooh. Do you want to go first? Well, it's irrelevant because Warnock will line up the way Warnock lines his teams up, which will be four four one one. Well, if you want to call it that, or four three three, or four five one, it's all the same thing at the end of the day. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah, very much. Sure. Yeah. He'll he'll line up. Nias will be the nine. No, I think he'll go with Ken this weekend. So oh. yeah, I think he'll go with <laughs> <laughs> There's a shock. That's not like you, the back zone. I'm not joking. I said the question was irrelevant. You just thrown that bombshell in. <laughs> I think I think Zahor will start this weekend. I think he'll have. Mendes and Hoylet wide. I think Mendes has done enough to keep his place. And I think he'll have his usual three-man midfield and his usual defence. There comes a point, and I personally felt we'd reached this a couple of weeks ago, right? But Neil Warnock sticks to what Neil Warnock thinks works, yeah? There comes a point where I do think he needs to be a little bit more inventive. That's too late for that, mate. No, but it, it's not oh, for see. substitutions, Blakey. Instead mm. of having the like-for-like like substitution, if things are going wrong, mm. there's no reason why you can't suddenly pair Ken and Nias and Bobby Reed just behind and just take off a midfield. There, there are ways and means, yeah? Mm. Yeah, I agree. Um, but, yeah. I mean, ben, going back to the original question, Ben asked, you know, how should they line up? It's a little bit irrelevant. It's how they will line up, yeah. and it will be exactly, I suspect it'll be exactly I think it'd be as, Nias, wouldn't it? Well, you think it'd be exactly the same? Yeah, team, I right? think Nias. I think Arta, Arta might be fit, in which case he comes in for Rals. I don't know. Rals has done well. Mind last couple of years, I have to say, I think Joe's done. Oh, <laughs> Paul's, Paul's just <laughs> Joe Paul just turned away from me with utter contempt. Yeah, yeah, it's I like <laughs> I wouldn't do that to any Cardiff player. <laughs> But I do. I think Joe's done well. He did pick up the injury though, didn't he, against Liverpool with his hamstring? So I don't know whether he. Joe played very well. Yeah. Very well at Brighton, right? Muscle injuries Harry at this Arta, stage. Harry Arta, often, Harry Arta has to come back into that team if he's fit. Harry Arta, Gunnison, Camarasa has to be the midfield first choice. Okay. You want to get in a Fulham straight from the first minute, don't you? Because I know they've hit a decent run of form, but you look at the two teams they played, Everton and Bournemouth. It's pretty much the battle of who's on the beaches first in those matches, isn't it? Yeah, you know, Everton just stuffed Man U for now. Everton are a weird one to predict. They are, they are. They are, they are they the are. real Crystal Palace that you can't predict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I think that's the way he'll line He may well line up with Nias, in which case it's, it's I an unchanged I think Nias just gives you guaranteed, forever. he stretches your team, he stretches you, which Cardiff needs, able to get out and get up from a defensive 
deep block. They need someone who can not hold up the ball, but can run in behind. And I think Nias does that so well for Cardiff. His finishing might not be the best, we, we, we know that, but I think what it gives you in terms of being able to turn defence into attack as well, I think it's so much more than Ken. I I, I just haven't seen it they, from Ken for a they, long time. That's what that's what Cardiff did really well in the home game, wasn't it? That 4-2 win. They stretched Fulham's defence. I think it was Patterson with Reed behind that mm, day. Yeah. Stretched yeah. it and it Reed allowed Reed stretched it. And it allowed sort of Josh Murphy to get him wide. It allowed Camarasa to play in those pockets. And then you mm. think back to the 4-2 defeat to Fulham the year before. and Ken was up top that day and it was probably... The role reversal, they didn't really cause Fulham too I think, many problems. I think going back to, I, I think I would personally pair Ken and Bobby Reed together now from, from here on in for the rest of the season with, with probably Mendes because he offers the biggest goal threat I feel at this moment in time with the white players. I'll probably go with that as a front three. But, but I don't, I don't think. You enough. Do you think Ken's giving you enough up front? I just and when you know, you, it, the problem is. We know Ken's got a capability of a 9 out of 10, but he's not giving you that. Nias is giving you 7 every time he plays. Yeah, not finishing, but he's giving you 7, 8 out of 10 for yeah. work rate, endeavour, you know, stretching teams, causing problems. And, and right now, I think it's about goals. And, and I just think that Ken is more likely to get shots on goal than Nias is. Um, and there comes a time when those shots are not going to hit defenders, they're going to fly in, I hope, in the next three games. I, I just think, but but as I say, it's around, I think Cardiff will play, you know, they, will, they won't go at them from the first whistle, they will keep it tight. They try to nick it 1-0. They try to nick it 1-0 in the closing quarter, which is their way. Well, they try to nick a goal from a set piece at some point. And who's to argue with that? Because if that comes off, whatever Brighton's result, it sets up a cracker of a home finale against mm-hmm. Palace the following weekend absolutely when I think the tactics will be the same again yeah. well they haven't changed all season Paul. but I do think that there can be more invention and aggressiveness in the substitutions instead of like for like there comes a time when yeah you can pair Zahora and Nias and you can put Bobby Reed behind them if I mean sacrificing one of your midfielders they're making you know Cardiff have got to win games now mm. and there may come a point where they just have to do that but they, but they can take a point. You they can, can take from a this point. one. Yeah. From yeah, this yeah. one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they can take a point. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't think it's... Um, I play no. Nias all day over Ken. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, potentially, Ken, great. But showing that potential, I haven't I think, seen it for a long, I long time. I think you'll play Ken this weekend. Okay. Should we, should we have so, a fiver on it? What, what, no, we won't. <laughs> you shouldn't encourage gambling, Blake. <laughs> I wrote five pence, mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there we go. We'll have, we'll have a quick break and then we'll be back with a bit of Ask Blakey. Subscribe to The Boot Room on iTunes or listen on walesonline.co.uk. Right, welcome back. It's time for a bit of uh, Ask Blakey. So let's, let's get straight into it, Blakey, shall right, we? Mate, yeah. Uh, First question comes from Leighton Coslett. All right, Leighton Coslett, how are you doing, bud? Right, I like a bit positive at the start of this question, which I like. Go on, Lee. When we stay up, ah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Who would you buy in the close season to add to the squad to make sure we stay up next season as well? Ooh, things would start to transition for me 
or not overnight. I'm not saying you change eleven players to a Fulham, but um, I would look at the uh, right back from Brentford, uh, or Bajo or something like that. Okay. Um, yeah, because um, he gets forward and he can defend very very well. Uh, so I look at the right back there I would be looking at a centre half now I think you're kind of spoiled for choice with experienced centre half so you know that's that's up for you know discussion um, I would try and uh, keep Camel Rasa although I, I think that's uh, a doubt I don't think we, we I don't think he'd be looking to stay I think he'd probably be Picked up again by a Premier League team or um, someone else. Uh, strikers, the striker I was saying they should go after um, start of the season in January is now scoring goals for Real, uh, for Juventus. Moise Keane. Uh, I don't think that's going to be uh, they'd be able to. But hey, you never know. You don't ask, you don't get. Uh, but I would start to transition the team uh, into definitely having more possession. You're going to lose Gunnarsson, I think, so there's going to be space there for a midfielder. Um, holding midfield, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to go on my phone and look through through the list of players I've got. But um, I would I would just start the transition. Yeah. You know, goals are what. You know, you, you get a 20 goal striker in Cardiff, he will be worshipped. Hero worshipped. You know, forever and a day. Because they haven't had it for such a long time. So, you need striker, need an attacking fullback for me, uh, a centre back. If I wouldn't go with someone very experienced, I'd go with someone who's 19, 20. I look at, you know, uh, I don't know, teams coming up and across Europe, um, not just the teams coming up from the Championship, I mean coming up from League One into um, the Championship. So, mate, it's a great question, but I'd have to go on my phone and start giving you names because I keep all that stuff stored on my phone. If we got time, I'll do it, but maybe I'll have some names for you next week. I'd yeah, like that. Come back next week. Um, just, just one thing on that, mm, yeah? Mm. Um, Obviously, you know, the right back and the centre half and the midfielder we've said all season, nothing's changed in that respect, yeah. Mm. Um, I, I, I think that they probably will go. I can't remember his name, the Morass, the, the Brazilian striker they tried to get on the back of Salah. From Brentford? No, no, with uh, the Belgian club. What was his name? £20 million this was. It's a lot of money. It was more than Salah, even. Um, but. There was too little time to. Was it Wesley? Wesley Morass. How do you pronounce his name? Uh, yeah. Anyway, they. Known as Wesley. Okay. They tried to. Uh, I, I expect they'll go back for him. But Blakey, I heard something the other day which I thought was interesting. You mentioned a twenty goal a season striker, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, somebody was mentioned on radio. I was listening to a to a football show on radio, and one of the pundits was saying. The days of a striker are more to do exactly what Nias does these days, to run the channels as a lone striker, to do this, to win the headers, to win the free kits, right? 
the goals, goal currency these days has to come from the wide players. I, I, I know what you mean, but I still maintain the striker. If that's where that's where Brighton went with Yakumbash and that, and they yeah. signed two players. I who suppose people got a ball like between them. I suppose people like you know at the top level. You got Messi, Ronaldo, and so on. Set the bet, and then you come down through Salah and Hazard, and the goals come from my players. I would make I I would make every effort to sign Harry Wilson for a season on loan because I think he could score goals in the Premier League. I mean, he's got enormous talent. Okay. And I think they should have a go at that personally. So, holding midfielder, I go with someone like uh, Jeffrey Con- Condogbia, yeah. Valencia. Yeah, nice. brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, well, talking about replacing Gunnarsson, Warnock said that he's got a ready-made replacement there in Leandro Bakuna. What do you make of that? Compared to Paul Pogba last week. Should we move on? I think silence is definitely. <laughs> Paul Pogba and who? Who are you comparing to? Just Paul, Paul Pogba, Lander and Bakuna. Bakuna so, and Paul Pogba? Yeah. I'd say Bakuna's better than Pogba at the minute. What's yeah. the next question? <laughs> there we go, we'll move on, move on swiftly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, there's, 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 there's a right back. Yeah. It's Moses. Odubadjo. He used to be a hull. He was a hull, wasn't he? Yeah, that's that's the right back. Um, How much would Connor Roberts cost from Swansea? Mm, very, very, very capable right back, Blakey. Uh, Nicholas Pepe, right winger. Who's he with? Uh, he is currently with Lille in France. So they're out there, mate. There's pl- there's plenty of them. Uh, Reese Nelson is another boy. Hoffenheim might get him. Is he, is he on loan from City? Yes, the one. Yeah. yeah. Um, Would you look at some of the relegated um, teams, Blakey, to see if they've got anyone? Uh, I look at Huddersfield. Huddersfield's problem is their striker. Just they just got no strikers. There's nothing yeah. there. I'm a Moy. Moy is probably the only player I take out of there. Fulham. It's just too much of a jigsaw. Yeah, too yeah. many pieces to it, and yeah. nah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't look at either of those two clubs if I'm honest. I think the clubs coming up, um, like Sheffield United and that Norwich, they ain't gonna sell. Uh, so you can perhaps look at the people who finished like outside of the top six, but have had a good run, like Preston's, and and I think Middlesbrough will probably end up just inside or just outside. Look at those players, and then, like I say, you you, you look right the way down the leagues uh, uh, and across Europe. But you know, they I probably got forty five players I could mention on my phone, which um, you know you just collect over time. So they're out there. You just you just got to do your work, and you you you've got to you know if you want to stay in the Premier League, it's like a catch twenty two. You stay in the Premier League, but you want to pay, you don't want to pay the wages. Then you know you're not going to stay in the Premier League if you don't pay the wages because you're not going to attract the players. That's it, isn't it? Mm. Right. Next question. Uh, this comes from Daniel. Right, Dan. Uh, should Cardiff be keeping one eye on Brighton's results or just completely focus on their own? You can't help it, Dan. You can't help. But as soon as you, as soon as they come off the game against Fulham, they'll be tuned into the Brighton game. 
you know, whether so you get some players say, oh, I don't listen, I don't listen. At some point, you hear it on the news, on the radio, or you get in your missus will go, oh, Brighton won, what a nightmare, Brighton lost, great. You just can't escape it. So you'll always have one eye. They're your opposition. They're your main opposition. So, um, you know, you can't affect it. So what Daniel's saying is just focus on your own result. Get the win at Fulham, and then you can sit back. Not relax, but you can sit back and hope that, you know, others can do you a favour elsewhere. But, um, yeah, you do you do focus on the opposition who you're your opponent then is Chris, is um, Brighton first, isn't it? So you're bound to. There we go. Um, and Joe, since you're here, yeah. you've got a couple of questions. This is where I can put my finger. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I, like I wonder now. why you were sitting back oh. and like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sipping tea. My, uh, my Uncle Rob cream. has been in touch. Uncle Rob, how yeah. you doing Uncle Rob? <laughs> um, he's been Cardiff fan for years, so uh, Top you man. Um, he said, who was your favourite Welsh manager and why? Oh, favourite Welsh manager. I like Tosh for one game. He was great. He always was great with me, Tosh. Um, Sparky. You better put that in perspective for oh. Joe. The fact that he only had one game in his first spell. Oh, it's long though. It's, do I have to go into it? No, no. Just. It was his second <laughs> It was his second spell, wasn't it? His no, second spell, spell. His second spell saw him come later. Debut. My debut at night. Then he, yeah, yeah second yeah. Uh, second spell come later. Yeah. But yeah, he, he had a game was kind of dingle the way it's supposed to. There's a bit of booing and what have you. And he just came in and then left. But um, I always liked him as a man, as a person as well. And working with him just for that short period was good. But... Um, Favourite Welsh manager, I would have to say, it's got to be Sparky. You know, we enjoyed the most success in the Sparky. You know, it's not going to be Goldie, is it? You know. he's, he's actually put uh, a better snack, Bobby. Absolutely, Bobby yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. um, And his second one, um, what was what club did you enjoy your time at the most? Oh, Uncle Rob, any kind of City questions here? Yeah, I know, he, <laughs> he loves it. Uh, Cardiff, we had a brilliant dressing room and obviously I'm a I'm Cardiff born, you bought bread, but my family lived in Cardiff so it was a huge honour to play for the club, you know what I mean? Um, and it's great for your family and relations and things like that. So Cardiff was first and foremost and then I would say Bolton after that. Um, again, fantastic dressing room, great set of lads. And then Wolves as well. The Wolves was arguably the best dressing room because there was just the banter and the boys got on so well. But the it was it was just every minute was a joke. Like it was in the dressing room after training, before training, people were getting early so they could sit and have you know take the mic and have a laugh and what have you. It was that kind of club. Uh, Wolves. It's uh, those laughs that got us through a lot of a lot of tough times. So. I would I would go Cardiff, Bolton, and Wolves. Brilliant. That's all from Rob Jeffries, anyway. So. Uh, How did Rob? <laughs> that's, uh, that's that's all for uh, Ask Blakey. Okay, okay, thank you. I've got to do some work now. Isn't I? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, sit back up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah so uh, we'll be back with a quick break um, with some predictions. Right, so yeah, let's um, do a bit of uh, footy fives. This is a chance uh, for all you listeners to potentially 
win yourself £25,000. Uh, 25k, Blakey. Uh, don't say Blakey, because when I've got my five results, you haven't been forthcoming with the 25 grand. <laughs> I'm still waiting. You've had it every weekend. Yeah, mate, I'm waiting for that briefcase to come rolling in here. And you'll... Here you go, Blakey. Got a feeling you might struggle on this, this one, because uh, the first game up, it's two teams you hate to predict. It's Crystal Palace against mm. Everton. Mm. Okay. Uh, Crystal Palace with Everton. Uh, let's go a real exciting 2-2 draw. Goals. Desmond. Desmond. Desmond 2-2. Absolutely. There we go. Right. The next one. There's only one result you can go for this. Fulham, Cardiff. I think we do Fulham. I really do. I think just too strong for them. That's, you know, I think... Football-wise, Fulham played some great stuff last year, but they're not in the same form or mode as they were. Cardiff know they've got it all to do. I just think they they physically go up there and you know get the better of Fulham. So I'm going to go a big 2-0 win at Fulham. Yeah. Oh, I am on a goal halfway and a goal late on settling Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too much. I'll take that. Um, Southampton against Bournemouth. I'm actually going to go with a Southampton win for that one. I think they'll nick it 2 1. Yeah, yeah, Bournemouth have like switched off a bit, don't they? Yeah, they're on the beach down in Bournemouth. Um, repeat of the FA Cup semi final, Watford against Wolves. <sighs> what a game that was. They'll be desperate to. Watford at home, Watford a good team, Wolves a good team, but Wolves are. Well, that game against Watford kind of knocked them out off their, their stride. So I'll go Watford more to play for because they're still playing again that FA Cup final team. I'll go Watford uh, one now. And final game, Bristol City against Derby. Ask me to predict one of our biggest rivals. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Bristol games. City v Derby. Oh, that, actually, that's a great game because Bristol just outside the playoffs and lost. No. Derby just snuck in and won 1 0. I'm going to go a Bristol City win 2 1. Right? Because I think that's going to be. I think the championship has been superb as well this year. So I'm going to go Bristol City 2-1. There we go. Um, so you've gone for Fulham, Cardiff, you've gone 2-0. Paul, you're smiling already. I think you're going to give, I I'm trying to give a diplomatic answer. I just find it so hard to call Cardiff City. I really do. Yeah. Um, everything Blakey says there about outpowering them, being the more physical dominant side, I get and I think will happen, but... Cardiff going to be like Cardiff just lack finesse going forward they always have it's nothing new it's going to be like they're going to be like it's going to be like where are the goals going to come from in a must win game gladiators man Um, come from Morrison Mr. Sitter scores the winner there you go I think because of their impressive record at Craven Cottage I'm just going to I think Cardiff might just sneak this one 2-1 with a late winner but I can I wouldn't be at all surprised to see a draw there Okay. Joe, since you're on the podcast. <laughs> um, Nias hat trick for me. Hey, <laughs> that would be, be wonderful. I'd love to see him score. Same. 
I he really would. He's getting, for the work rating and Dan he puts in in the 90 minutes, he's... he's yeah, Saturday, what, a 3-0 win or a 4-3 uh, three, three, loss? 3-1, three, I think. 3-1. Three, 3-1. Three, what, did you say 4-3 loss? Oh, yeah, he didn't say <laughs> what the score was. He just said in the ass hat-trick, you know? <laughs> you know? Even if we lose, oh, I'll be happy if we get a hat-trick. Ben? 2-0. 2-0 Cardiff, I just think. Fulham, if you go up there and... Show, Beat them up if, if you want this, like Cardiff are going to want this. Fulham mm. are going to are going to stick it out for ninety minutes with us. Mm. Good analysis. Mm. Good analysis. There we go. Another good podcast. <laughs> so yeah, that's all for Blakey's Broom uh, this week. But you can catch all the latest Cardiff City news and all the build-up and uh, live action on Saturday on Wales Online and your twenty-five large. 